it's time to meet up and catch up at the Weekend Water Cooler. Now, here's your host, Gene Bolduck. And welcome, welcome to the Weekend Water Cooler. I am Gene Bolduck, your host. Hey, it's it's voting weekend, and I'm here with Penny uh, Rich, my uh-uh. senior elections correspondent. And we're gonna we're gonna talk. We're gonna try to do a rundown of the local. Uh, what do I want to say? The local scene. I Ooh, guess. Okay. I, th- yeah, I think of it like like a scene, like making a scene, um, in in the local races and. Man, oh man, you know, it's never dull, is it? Uh, you no, know, I, I, will, no. I will tell you this. I will, I will tell you this. Last night I watched uh, The Last Word with Lawrence O'Donnell. Bless his heart, Lawrence O'Donnell flew in from Malawi in time to do his show. 30 hours in the air, planes, trains, mm. automobiles to get back and do his show last night. And so he was a little punchy, I guess. But he told the story that I think is worth hearing about death threats and mm-hmm. about about the the politics of of simply being threatened and this was in the context of <clears throat> what's going on with the multiple trials um, that the former president is involved in and gag orders and do they work and and right. about courthouse uh, staff being threatened and the story he told was an interesting one. It was that when he was a kid, his father was an attorney. He he went to law school at night. He became a defense attorney. And there was a, a call came that to the house and Lawrence was a little boy and he heard his father yelling in the next room and and he came out and just changed completely. And his mother said, you know, what was that? And he and he said, Oh, that was you know, some knucklehead who's, you know, so it was a death threat. The call was a right. death threat. And what his father said that really stuck with him was uh, if he really meant it, he wouldn't call ahead. Yes. And um, yes. apparently this is sort of a standard response from law enforcement to give people reassurance that generally speaking, if people are generally really going to be a threat to you, they're not going to call you first. They're right. just going to do something to you. Mm-hmm. And that's that's an interesting perspective. Uh, I wrote a column some years ago. I, I think I've mentioned this to you before. And and I did I did receive a death threat. And it shook me up a little bit. I'm not going to lie about it. It's it's upsetting. Um, right. That's the point, though, is is to upset you it's it is that's exactly what the point is that's that's that's, you and i were talking about this uh previously that you know it's it's a it's a form of terrorism is what it is it's meant to scare the hell out of you and cause you to back down from whatever it is that you're involved in right right Right. Um, and and that's that is a perfectly logical approach and um it is reassuring the problem of course when it comes to these court employees and election officials who are being harassed constantly. And now thankfully one or two of them are being charged in Georgia for uh, doing this to the sheriff and the district attorney down there. This guy, as Lawrence pointed out, has the added benefit, this, uh, this harasser of being so stupid that he 
made a phone call and left a message. That's the threat. <laughs> and left a voicemail saying, you know, you better not do this, you better not do that, and so on and so on. You know, these people have caller ID. You could see the number. Yeah, we can't trace that. Phone. Exactly. Yeah. You're not yeah. even clever enough to block it. And, yeah. and I mean, so they, they, you know, so they're prosecuting him and, you know, he's communicating this sort of thing is, is against the law for obvious reasons. And, and it's fine to, you know, to look at this and in terms of your personal reassurance, feel like, well, it's probably not there. The, the vast majority of these, I mean, over more, way more than 90% of these amount to exactly nothing. The problem right. is, uh, in the in the Trump case, the problem is volume. There are so many of them that now you're talking about. I bet that Fonnie Willis gets a hundred of these a month, and maybe much more than that. And you know, it only takes one. Yeah. Really, well, and that's really that's right. Something. And, and I think, you know, it's not necessarily the, the ones, the threats that are coming from Donald Trump himself, but but what he's doing, as we saw oh, right. in, exactly. in January 6th, is he's, he's encouraging other people to do his dirty work. And right. that's the danger with, with um, the former president. You yeah. know, when we see stuff like this locally in, in, in our messy politics here, and I know you want to talk a little bit about that, um, there's, no, there's no foot soldiers. It's just, uh, well, I shouldn't say that there's there's very few foot soldiers it this is this is what goes on here it locally is um it's just antagonistic to try and stop someone from doing something and that's exactly what right. you just did you know that's that right. form of um i'm going to scare you this is what i'm going to do well and and, and you know penny i mean I, br I bring this up about uh the the case in atlanta and then these other cases is that the the thing that has been unleashed by trump is 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 a fire hose of this kind of rhetoric from him which goes out you know forget about a dog whistle it's definitely a bullhorn and oh it, yeah and it goes out to these people who are just sitting there in many cases literally locked and loaded and and just ready to ready to go right. they are the foot soldiers yeah. and do their oh. And they just that need that bitty. wink and the nod and they're going to go. And that's, I mean, we saw that already. We'd, I'm not, I'm not dismissing it. I think that is, that's the part that's extremely dangerous is that he has such a hold on people, right? But they're willing to go to jail or just, you know, even worse. Um, just but they feel, they feel entitled. Life. They obviously feel entitled to do this because they think that they've got the big guy behind them. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more of the Weekend Water Cooler on 97.9 The Hill. Okay, we're back with Penny Rich. We're going to try this again. Um, we're, we're, we're back. And, uh, and, and you know, I, I mentioned all this about, uh, about threats and about uh, people harassing other people. Um, this this is happening locally. A, a Chalt a Chalt advocate uh, got into it with calling the employer of someone who uh, wrote a column on Triangle Blog Blog, uh, which is you know, which is a 
a citizen run blog. You know, it's a civics and, and, blog. It, it is. And I think it's really important to say this though, Gene, it is not a newspaper. They never claim to be a newspaper. It right. is a blog. It's a blog. It's a blog. Yes. It's, it's, it's run by volunteers right? or volunteer. You know, it's like, this is what they're interested in. Um, and if somebody wants to write a blog like this and they want to talk about how to grow the best rhododendrons, that's what blogs are for. Exactly. And they're not claiming to be journalists and they're not violating any laws uh, by, you know, writing something that they, you know, think is important. There, it, there's no, um, there's no defamation going on in there. They advocate right. for positions that they're interested in. Good for them. I mean, this is, this is uh, one of the wonderful things about the developments in the internet and computer advances that allow a lot of people to express themselves in this way. It's almost entirely a constructive exercise. That's and right. if people who are advocating for these positions on, on there or elsewhere, if they want to go out and go to polling places and greet voters, like I might go to a polling place at the early polling sites and greet Penny and say, hey, Penny, how are you? Uh, nice to see you out today. Thanks for coming out to vote. Um, here's some materials about uh, uh, Democratic issues that I care about. And I hope you'll consider voting yes on blah, blah, blah. Right. That's perfectly fine. There's, it is there's perfectly no fine. job that I could hold in this community, which I would be in a jam with my employer uh, for doing that. Unless I told my employer that I was homesick and I was in fact doing this instead, that might be a thing, but. Right. If you not. take it, if you, if you take a day off to right. go work the polls, yeah, which that's many my people day. do. Well, yeah. many people do this time of the year because early voting is, is long and you need to spread people out across the polls. So yes. people say to their employer, um, I'm, I'm going to take a, a vacation day. You don't right. have to explain to your employer what you're doing on your. That's right. Day. That's as long as time. if you're in a business that is a that has competitors, if you work for Pepsi and you're taking the day off to go work for Coke, you might have a problem. Right. But you know, but it, by and large, know, it isn't that. It isn't right. any of that. It isn't. And I just want to step, take a step back when we talk about blogs versus journalism. You know, local journalism, um, it, it suffers here. I mean, we have yes. the Delhi Tar Heel, which is a fabulous, fabulous resource. We have Chapelboro, which, uh, you know, it, it's a website. You gotta, you, yeah, you got to get you got to get to. Right. That's that's what it does. Just, it, just, no let me just take paper. a moment, Penny, and say yeah. I just I'm just not sure what would have happened and where we would have been um, in late August, September, when that shooter was on campus without, right. without those two arms yeah. of local journalism, Chapelboro and the Daily right. Tar Heel. Right. So where else do people get their news now? I mean, especially young people. It's, it's on social media. It's on right. places like blogs. Right. And I think the blog blog was created um, really to to counter all the disinformation that was um, putting, putting put out there by um, this Chalk group and others 
such as this other person who is not part of the chalk group, but certainly sympathizes more towards the, the chalk group um, who are constantly putting out bad information. And right. I, I'm one of the people that suffered from this because I had so much bad information put out about me while I was running for office that people actually believed it and they started believing it. But I know who I am. So I'm not, uh, you know, right. it, it's, it's quite all right. I, I, I mean, I'm, I know what I am and what I, what I always wanted to do is serve the people of Orange County. And I still get to do that because I have a really nice job that allows me to do that now on a daily basis. But if you go back to the point here to be so bold to try and call someone's employer to tell them that you you know this is trying to get someone fired right so this then, this person who is sort of aligned with chalt but not not formally right. in the organization whatever that means different hate group um, you yeah. know, called uh the employer yes of of someone who writes for triangle for blog, blog, blog. And, and clearly in order to harass her that's correct There's just no other reason that's correct um, and then, of course, said something, and you and I were talking about this before, because we got a chance to uh, read um, the post of this person before they made it private and took it off, is that declared that um, she was violating the Hatch Act. And right. you yeah. and I had well, a I guess she was trying to that. stop a crime or something. Yeah. And by the I, way, she probably yeah. thinks the person we're not naming quite deliberately, by the way, um, she probably thinks that. Uh, she's done enough to um, to back off of this because by by taking down her idiotic post. Well, she she put it. She, it was a it was a, um, a, a you know a post that everybody can see. So it was a public post. Now it's private, right? So it came private. Oh, and, great! And, yeah. And she, so okay, let me let let's stop. It's still up there though. It, there. Yeah. So what does that accomplish? from her point of view what does she feel like she's doing i wonder well she clearly states that she's not backing down and that she's not apologizing after many people including right. myself have asked her to um have a public po apology look politics it's hard when you're running races and and you do step over the boundaries sometimes when you're trying to win right that's it's your head is so into it and i can tell you when you're running you're just your head is into it but you, you don't need to stoop to a level of being uh, trying to get someone fired from their job who is right. not even running for office. Let's let's make this clear. The, the Triangle Blog Blog interviewed and sent out questionnaires to all, all of the candidates, all of right. the candidates. Right. They chose the candidates which they thought would be, be best for our community. Right. Okay. And they put them into this pamphlet. Yeah. And you so, know what? So By the way, if you and that. I wanted to, if you and I wanted to uh, put together uh, a list Mm -hmm. of the candidates who we thought were awesome and published that by, I don't know, attaching it to our social media posts. Whenever we, we post the show every week, we yep. could just attach such a list. We can do the same thing. Why, why not? I mean, would anybody care about that? Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe they it would. I don't, but, yeah, but this... don't be calling Penny's employer. Yeah. <laughs> And so don't just call him Mark Kleinschmidt thinking that you're, right. you know, hold on, you know. Just to be clear, I, I work Lord. for the state. I just want everyone to know I do work for the state. Uh, I, I am at the courthouse and um, Mark Kleinschmidt is the clerk of Superior Court and he is my boss. And right. so, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I just want to make, put that out there that um, this Marcus, is my job. 
Marcus yeah. also kind of my boss because he listens to the weekend water cooler and and hi Mark I, I just a, a little I shout out from Mark. I think he's a fan. I actually think he downloads it on the podcast and uh, listens to it sometimes when he's driving to work. So that's, hi, Mark. that's good. And, and he doesn't, yeah. you know, like run people off the road screaming at the at the radio or any any of that. So no, he probably laughs out loud many times, though. So I'm well, sure I'm I'm absolutely <laughs> confident that he does. But but yeah. let me tell you, if anybody wants to uh, uh, harangue Penny by calling Mark, you're, you're just, it's not going to be a good strategy is my point. No, so, it's uh, not a good strategy. And no, I, hope, I mean, he I, knows hope, I hope, I hope the other, this person who um, was employer was called. Um, I hope that the, this, the employer realized that this is not a good strategy and there's something absolutely wrong with this woman. That well, I hope that, because- I hope that her employer saw my tweet because I, I tweeted about that. And, and what I said is number one, give that woman a raise. Uh, the the person who was on the receiving Harass. end of this harassment. Yeah. Just, yeah. I'm just on general principles, give her a raise. And, um, uh, you know, number two, uh, you know, she's volunteering in the community to try to do some good. And that's, you're lucky to have her. You know, right. that's, that's a good thing. It's good when you have people who say, hey, you know, I think I'll, I think I'll take a vacation day which is my own time to do something that I think is fun. And I think I'm going to go out, go to the polls and try to do some work that will make our community a better place, even though somebody's going to give me junk about it. Well, so fun and passionate too, right? Because you have to have a certain amount of passion to be hanging out in front. It's it. That's people are walking by you. They don't, they don't want to talk to you. You've got to be passionate about it to be right. out there talk, greeting right. people. Right. You, you mean, have to try to pull complete strangers into a conversation. Now, look, I know a little bit about this. Yeah. And you try to persuade too. them about something. Yeah. Right. This is probably the hardest political work there is. Yeah, you have about 30 seconds. It's literally an elevator speech opportunity to say to them, if you haven't thought about, you know, uh, issue A that's on the ballot, can I just tell you why uh, voting yes on the bond issue is is great for schools, great for business, great for Orange County, let's say. Okay, right. you, I mean, you got to have this down to where you can really bang it out, but sound oh, like, yeah. you, you know, that you're, that you're concise and sincere and you want to try to bring it home for something that they care about. That's persuasive. It's hard. It's, it's persuasive speech. It's hard to do it in writing and get to the point very quickly. And it's really, really difficult to do with a perfect stranger yeah. as they're walking by you trying to avoid you like the plague that's right <laughs> yeah i mean you talked about minutes i mean sometimes you only have seconds you you have like maybe 10 seconds to catch their attention that's right? right and then maybe you get another 20 seconds of their time maybe yeah right i mean it's it's sort of like such a yeah you know it's it's hit or miss right or yeah. like you're walking by and someone will say oh i know who you are i am are i'm good now and, you know sometimes and, that's good sometimes you're like eh, they might not know. and you know if if this is happening at your precinct, then, which I have, you know, plenty of experience with that, but at your precinct, it's probably, it could be anyway, somebody, you know, because your precinct is a pretty tight 
population it's, it's community. That's of, right. of who it's going to be. But of course, in early voting, it can be anybody from anywhere in the county That's coming right. to the Seymour Center and, yeah. and coming to vote. God bless them. I, we vote at the Seymour Center all the time. Now. We did this. We did this past Monday. Yeah. And I, I just feel bad about not going to my precinct. I miss doing that. Yeah. I'm, oh, no, I know. But I, I might do that next year just because it's I, so easy, though. Right. And yeah. it's so easy for my mom, who's 94. Right. She's got her little wheels and she's got a you know, she knows that Seymour Center because it's a senior center. Right. And so yeah. she knows that that's that feels comfortable to her. It, and and I, I think love that, the Seymour. I, you know, I love the Seymours oh. in the first place. Yeah, I love the Seymour Center. I I think it's yeah. a, a stellar resource uh, for right. the community. A, as are the individuals that we're talking about oh, who give their own you. time and energy. The and, elected, the elected staff up there, and, and and all of the elected staff, but they were so fabulous because this was, this was the first time in election where you had to show an ID. All right. So it takes a little bit longer to get to get clocked in. Yeah. And even if they know you, because they all know me, I had to show yeah. my idea. That's, fun, that's funny address. you mentioned that, because I have yeah. somebody in mind in particular who I've known. I God, I've known her for 30 Still years. It. It's going it. to feel like an absolutely ridiculous exercise. It is. Someone, it is. If you were working the polls, Penny, and I walked up. You'd still have to say, "I need to." I would have driver's to, license. It, that's right. And this that, is and, that's, and, and that, this yeah. is where you know this is where we're going to come back to yeah. about those Republicans, huh? Mm -hmm. And because that's why we have that in North that's Carolina. Right. That's because right. they're you know they're so concerned with voter fraud. All right, we're going to take a <laughs> we're going to take a quick break, and I mean quick, and we're going to come right back with Penny Rich, and we're going to talk about. Yeah, we're going to talk about Republicans. We are, and we're not going to curse or anything, I promise. Yeah. Uh -huh. You're listening to The Weekend Water Cooler on 97.9 The Hill. Okay, we're back with Penny Rich, and we're, you know, we're, we're just going to talk for a minute, bless their hearts, Penny, about the Republican oh Party. Because, Yikes. Because may I say, just at the outset, it's over. Mm -hmm. the, the party has completely start to finish lost its legitimacy. There oh, is right. there is no platform of 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 uh, issues, legitimate public policy issues that you can point to now and say, oh, now on that issue, if it goes this way, that's definitely how the Republicans would feel if it goes that way. It's now I can tell you on a lot of issues how Democrats would feel. I can yeah. tell you when it comes to uh, women's reproductive rights, where Democrats stand on that, that we should codify Roe, by the way, not for nothing, that we should have done it 30 years ago or more. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It, it, it just, it just grinds my brain to death that right. with the super majorities that Democrats have had in the past, that they did not see that the future well enough to understand that the Republicans would never let go of that issue. And now never. like the dog chasing the car, 
they caught the car and they they don't they are stranded and don't know what to do with the fact that they have reversed this this very important court decision but right. what should have happened is that when there were super majorities in both houses of congress it should have been uh codified into law that's what needs to happen that's what i i hope will happen but oh, so, absolutely issue, you know you can easily predict what any yeah. democrat would say about that. that that's true and and you know you talk about codifying and and uh, the importance of that. I, I also think that, you know, a lot of Democrats felt very uncomfortable talking about abortion, but the people that vote, voted for him for them don't. And so they have to understand how they got their positions and what they stand for. And, you know, you don't wait until it's taken away to say, oh, no, no, no. That's, and uh, you know, no, right. Democrats, Democrats seem to um, have this problem w- uh, often with some of the issues that they want to talk about, like, like right. the um, environment. I mean, why aren't we stronger about the environment? You know, we're going to see storms and some the money that we spend on this to on the aftermath. um, It's just it's exactly exactly right. Let's just wait until 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 Florida is just torn off the bottom of the United States before we. But that's okay, though, right? But that well, that might be all right for us politically. Maybe they could take a little bit of Texas with them, but um, exactly, it wouldn't wouldn't all be bad. It wouldn't all be bad, you know. It's like start a salvage operation. Yeah, you know know what I'm saying. The point I'm saying is that you know that that when you have the when you have the supermajority, you have to act like you're in charge. Don't don't right. say, OK, we all have to get along and blah, blah. Yeah, we all do have to get along. But you know what's right and what's wrong. The Republican Party right now just do. No, they're, they're I mean, not. I you know, I almost no. have compassion for them. Almost uh, it, the whole month Ooh. of October, since October 3rd, when they threw out Kevin McCarthy with exactly no plan, none no plan. for replacing him. But of course, no for them. This was okay because they're the one thing that they are all about um, as an overarching theme in their party is chaos as sponsored by none other than the 45th president. And so each person who came up successively to try to, and, and I mean, this was a process that just was almost amusing if it wasn't so serious, so incredibly serious. They'd put up each person, they'd have a vote in their caucus. And you know, you might remember this, Penny. This is how democracy used to work. It's kind of mm. funny. They yeah. go in their caucus behind closed doors. Nobody writes anything down. They leave their cell phones outside the room. It's all very secretive by design. They go in there, they have a family, this is how they describe it. They have a family meeting and they just, they're going to have it out. We say, Kevin, you know, we're getting rid of you, man, because you really let us down on this and that and the other thing. And, and they have it all out. Okay, that's great. Then they have a vote. Now it's Gene and Penny. Who's going to be the nominee of the caucus? 10 votes for Penny, eight votes for Gene. Okay, Penny wins the vote in the caucus. So all in favor, say aye, aye, and then and then off you go. And the eight who voted for Gene say, oh, we're not accepting Penny as our 
as our leader. We, we had that vote, but we never said that we would support the winner, even though right. that's how this has worked for the, you know, history of the country and all, but not this, anymore. Not no, them, because not anymore. Well, because they, they don't have an understanding of how government works, but also, you know what? I mean, they're, they, what, what their goal is to shut down the government. That's their goal. And Kevin right. McCarthy was not going to, of course, do that. they still want to get paid. They, well, of course, but yeah. they, they do want to shut down the government because they think it's going to be bad, a bad look for Biden if they shut down the government. No one wants the government to shut down. The, the, this is people that don't Even understand. Even Kevin McCarthy knew works. that. That's how basic. He knew it. that. And that's that's why he is not the Speaker of the House anymore, because he knew right. that there, there's got to be some compromise. You cannot shut the government down. This is right. not a game. This is not like. And so now they, we're, they we're went through these around. guys one after another. And then they right. literally. And who did they come up and with? I, I brought this up before. They literally got so tired that they turned to this guy. Mike Johnson. And they said, we hardly know you. Let's, and you're like the last guy in the category of being in the leadership. And we're going to just put you up for, would you do it? And he said, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Oh, well, that's, that's MAGA Mike. That's and they all MAGA voted Mike for Johnson. Him. One they of the, one of the architects of trying to overthrow the overthrow, government. Right. So they are all in on Donald Trump's MAGA right. philosophy, which is just get in there and starve the beast of the government, cut the budget, use the budget as a cudgel on any issue and uh -huh. uh, make sure that we defund the IRS and take all that money away from the IRS that that the uh, that the Biden administration funded the IRS to go after billionaire tax cheats. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, that's a law that pays for itself. Right. Twofold. So if they if you spend a dollar, they collect two dollars. And so the reverse would happen. It would be it would explode the deficit to get rid of that provision in the budget but okay uh i you know uh, this is what they want to do they're not they're not concerned that we're going to be paying much attention i think and um yeah. and and it's never going to and, and he has the luxury of making such a silly suggestion because it's never going to be law it's never going to get past the senate the president won't sign it the end and in the mm -hmm. meantime in the meantime our fellow humans in Israel, in Ukraine, need this funding. They need the help that the United States is expecting to bring to them. But these guys are willing to play politics to delay that. And right. that's how low they, if you were wondering, that's how low they will go. No Republicans in the past ever would have tried to leverage emergency aid to a country we're supporting in a war, in a hot war, especially one where you're dealing with a massive attack by a terrorist entity. You, you would never see that under Ronald Reagan or George Bush or we, no. you and I would have plenty of problems with these guys, Reagan right. and Bush. 
Yeah, but that that's not Another one push, of them. You know, that's not one of them. Two hundred twenty-nine people are still being held hostage, but we don't talk about that enough. I mean, that's 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 you know, right. That's we're right. Not, we're, that's right. We because somehow forget guys that are there's... like, no, they want to, you know, they want to just have you right. uh, fall into the thoughts and prayers trap. And, uh, and, and we're going to, we're going to talk some more about this because uh, Penny and I are going to have a little chat about anti-Semitism in just a moment. And um, you're listening to the weekend water cooler on 97.9 the hill. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Yeah. Okay, we're back with Penny Rich, and uh, and we're going to talk about you know a serious thing that's scary and awful, but but we're going to try to end on a positive note. We're going to yeah. try, Penny. We'll do it. So, you know, anti-Semitism is just uh, soaring, soaring on college campuses. Uh, there were reports yesterday of students at uh, Cornell walking across the campus. And, yeah. and people just shouting at them about the ovens. And I, I can't even repeat. I, I can't fathom that this is going on today. But, you know, this was going on throughout the 1930s. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important for people to realize that it was not with great certainty that the United States was going to get into the war to stop Hitler um, until until the bombing in Pearl Harbor, the United States was reluctant, was not going to get into uh, the, the, you know, a war with Japan and, and, and get into it with Hitler, despite terrible, atrocities that were happening in Europe. America had an isolationist uh, vein that was having great success. And there was a keep America great uh, movement in that time. And there were people who we somehow in the years since found our way to continue to admire. Charles Lindbergh comes to my mind right away, who were extremely anti-Semitic. Oh my goodness, yeah. I mean, unbelievable. Well, yeah. I mean, there are just people that we that we just you 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 just the historic historical people that, that were just horribly anti-Semitic. Terrible, terrible, terrible. terrible. And and, and, and this, and, and this yeah. got whitewashed and rewritten it did. somehow it for did. us. Yeah. Much like, by the way, the the story of the Civil War and the aftermath of it and slavery and that's right and, and the Confederate soldiers and the statues and we know all this and so this is just was unleashed in a way that that you and I maybe haven't seen in our lifetimes, our short lifetimes because Penny we're so young, yeah. um, but yeah. I, I mean the, uh, the 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 event in Charlottesville just kind of busted this wide open and and the, oh, yeah. this this sickness in our american society is similar to what's being happening around the world and uh, i think that donald trump really empowered that and it's hard to see uh, where this gets resolved except to say number 1 it's it is like it, it's like it is racism. It's it's intolerance based on a person's 
status one way or the other, that is going to uh, always come back and, uh, and attack a society when the body politic is sick mm-hmm. and is not um, uh, a thriving body politic where you know you hear both sides you hear three sides you hear five sides of an argument and then you take a vote everybody raises their hand one way or the other and then you go with what the majority says that's what democracy is large and small and when that is operating and people are respecting it and institutionally supporting it uh then this kind of intolerance and hatred um can't can't thrive it can't Right. It can't that's very true. Over, but that's why our inability to, we can't elect a speaker of the house without all of this right. turmoil last month. And uh, that, that is, I think, running right along the same track as this resurgence in anti-Semitism and yeah. Islamophobia yeah. and, and, you know, just straight up racism. It's, it's awful. I'm, I'm glad you fix it all. Yeah, I'm glad you spotted um, Charlottesville because, you know, a lot of folks want to say, well, it's just happened since um, October 7th. Oh, no. Um, no, if you're if you're a Jew in America, you, you've been feeling this for a very, very long time. Exactly. Uh, exactly. You know, you're scared for your children. I I, I think I, we said during the break, I've said to my boys, let's let's not travel for a little bit. Let's stay a little bit close to home right now right. Um, because it's not good. And I, I have a son who actually works um in at the jewish community center in durham um and you know there there are um they there are armed guards um yeah uh, around the facilities now um and they're spending a whole lot of money on armed guards and you know you don't even know if if that's what's needed there right you just don't know but facilities are locked all the time you have to be buzzed to get into facility the facility um, yeah. synagogues are just, you, you know, at, at, during the high Holy holidays, they had a higher, um, off duty policeman to be at all the doors. And this is just not the way. That's uh, not, I mean, that's not or the same way, right. They, they don't, yeah. they want to be open all the time and they want to be a welcoming point, place. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the way it should be. Um, college campuses are a little out of hand right now. And I, and I'm, I think that we need more from the people that are running universities Right. They, they, they need to step up right now because we're going to see we're, we're, we're seeing just such horrible things going on. And, um, you know, you, we talked about Cornell, but, you know, Penn State. I mean, there's been a lot. Yeah, of right. There's a long list of Ivy League schools, you know, top yeah. elite schools. All right. And they're not doing enough. They're just the the the, the uh, presidents and, uh, you know, deans and everybody that's in charge of these. They, they're right. not doing enough. They're not doing enough to stop it. And they're not doing enough to educate these kids right. um, to tell them what they're doing is wrong. Right. Uh, and, and it's, it's just a scary time. And I, I don't, I don't know, uh, you know, again, October 7th, wasn't the beginning of this. This has been going on for quite some time right now. Right. Right. I, I mean, I felt anti-Semitism my whole life, <laughs> my whole life. And it, you know, it's, it's just, you know, people just think that, well, you know, it doesn't matter. You're white. You're okay. Um, no, that's not, it's not okay. Oh, this is much it's, older than, you know, it's not okay. It's, you know, it, it's, it, you've got to think about anti-Semitism is hate. That's what it is. It's hate. 
it's it's a learned hate too right because right yeah it, it's not something that you know, people aren't born to hate Jew, jewish people right they're taught that you know yeah. just like you're not born to hate um, muslim people or black yeah, i'm people. glad you mentioned that about you're taught that because this does come back to what's going on in florida and elsewhere and here too about what school what what are we going to have in the library what what curriculum are we going to teach this is the reason that the uh, advocates on the other side of this kind of argument are are trying to um, attack um, curriculum in schools in elementary school oh don't teach this kid this and that that they that they want to uh, make it seem as though teaching children their own American history is indoctrination. It is indoctrination. It, it of course it's a bad is bad thing. Right. It of course is not. That's ridiculous. Right. And they they really know that. I I suppose that they really know that. But but the point is uh, teaching and going looking at the next generation. This is how this kind of thing is promoted and how it grows and festers is a, perhaps a better word. Um, but I have to say, it it is a mistake for anyone to think that we will ever be rid of it. We we will never be entirely rid of it. However, as we make ourselves stronger and and realize the benefits that we get from our differences the more we can realize that and, and watch that manifest itself um, in, uh, and I'll just, I'll give this one easy and obvious example. It's obvious to you and me. When we were growing up, it was controversial for women to be in the workforce. Oh yeah. I, it, it is hilarious to think to me, it's hilarious now the ideas that people had when I was a kid about whether or not a woman, for example, could be somebody's boss. I happen to know that I was a really good boss when I worked for an organization where I had a couple of subordinates. I was well-liked by them and I was good at that job. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons was I didn't feel the need to have anybody snap and salute if I walked by. I didn't need any sense of obedience from right. the people who worked um, under my supervision. I, I didn't like to say that they worked for me. There were, there were people I worked with who liked that. They referred to their subordinates as my staff. I had my staff do this and my staff do that. I was, that's not how it worked for me. And um I now look back and think about how the workplace has changed and the female influence on it. And I just mm -hmm. think back to when I was 20 years old, how it was really controversial and not at all certain that women would be accepted as, as a manager in a position. Oh, yeah. Or even, I, I mean, forget know, about yeah. being an elected official uh, with for, uh, right. Hard, <laughs> oh, yeah. president. Oh, my God, in America. You know, it's really, um, it's, see I have to tell seems, you. See how that seems ridiculous now? Ridiculous now. Well, when I, one of my first jobs was in, um, I, I was a production manager in a press room. And it was right. probably the first time 
that some of these older men that were running the uh, uh, presses, right. the printing presses, have ever seen a woman in a press room. Right. And it was, it, to me, it was, it was just a natural, of course, it was a natural fit. You know, this is, to me, like, you know, advertising is towards women. That's what we are advertising for. Why aren't we able to be in the press room? So it was, it, 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 it it's just stunning how things have changed and how we have to change them and how we have to continue to change things. Right. Um, and I think you and I want to end on a really positive note is get, get everybody out to vote. Because that's that's right. Exactly. This, this is the cure. This is what's going to fix it this year and going into next year. If we can turn out in the numbers that you and I have in mind, which are very big, overwhelming numbers. If we have those numbers in turnout, we'll come to the right answers. Right. Because you can't have have the numbers that we really need to do some things. You you can't keep electing people in the state and the federal government right. that, that are hateful people. And this is what's happening. I mean, North Carolina is a perfect example. They don't care about the, the residents of North Carolina, the Republicans. Right. They don't care about them or else they, would, uh, they wouldn't be creating the, these barriers to even go vote. Right. Ridiculous. I, I mean, it's that, so th- it's really important if you want to solve or, or try to solve the hate problem, is to make sure that you get the right people in the right places and strong leaders that will say, no, we are not going to tolerate anti-Semitism. We're not going to tolerate racism. We're not going to tolerate Islamophobia. No, it's not going to happen. Unambiguously. I I completely agree. Very well said. And thank you again, of course, Penny Rich, for joining me in this important discussion. And I will say, you know, folks, if you're going out to vote, and I hope you are uh, this weekend, be safe. Bring your ID. Bring your ID. You're going to need it this time. You need your ID. Yeah. Um, and and if you have a Jewish friend, go with them. Yeah. You know, and give them a hug. Yeah. Give them a Talk hug. They them. need yeah. it. They need Talk it. Talk with them. Get 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 into the conversation. Yeah. Oi. Oi. Okay. <laughs> oh, and uh, go Tar Heels. I guess we'll say for this weekend. Oof. And uh, so and you know after you've gone out to vote and you're and you come back home. Keep it right here on 97.9 The Hill. Follow Gene on Twitter at Gene Bolduck and tweet your comments and questions with the hashtag WCHL.